hello to everyone around the world. Please remember to uh, tell your friends about this programming today and uh, uh, have them log in and register so they can join and watch, for, watch all this for free. And, and good morning, Roger Penske. Great to see you. Well, Paul, <clears throat> thank you uh, for having me as part of your show. Uh, obviously, you and I have known each other for many years, and I think you were the one that helped me design the logo for uh, the Speedway business many years ago, correct? Yes, indeed. And uh, I think we even argued a little bit about that. That was kind of fun. <laughs> that was a swish, right? That's right. You, you won. <laughs> great, to you, great to see you, Roger. Great to see you. Uh, well, I, I think first off, uh, I think it was on November 4th last year, you announced that uh, uh, you were acquiring the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. And then on January 6th, that became official and you took took the keys to the place and uh, uh, and it became the Penske Entertainment era after many, many years of it being the Holman George family operating the Speedway. And we're grateful to them for all they've done for the sport, but we're excited about what your, your team is planning. And I, I think we'll just start by asking you, uh, uh, how was this uh, first 329 days gone for you? I don't think it's exactly what you expected. Well, Paul, I think the, uh, you know, having been there with my dad since 51 and almost every year, except when we had the split, you know, with USAC and IRL, et cetera, et cetera. You know, it's an amazing place. I'd spent the time inside, not focusing on the outside. So. I had the opportunity, obviously, this transaction came together quickly. We knew the Holman family, they knew us. Mark Miles uh, really did a great job in brokering it uh, for everyone. And certainly uh, uh, when, you, when you think the trustees uh, that were involved in making the decision for the family, it was the right one at this point to make that change, really not even knowing what was coming when we look at COVID mid-March. Mid but, you know, quite honestly, uh, uh, I did not, I'd do it again. Uh, I, I try to get a better deal, maybe, but <laughs> you always want a better deal. Uh, I think the, the great thing is that the history, uh, the iconic nature, you know, of that track is amazing. Uh, it's, it's really a generational family that comes to that race. When you think about, we're sitting here today for this year's race and have over 170,000 tickets already sold now obviously a lot of those are credits from last year but that's okay people want to come back so just shows you the interest and the governor uh really uh is is uh, holcomb eric holcomb outstanding support joe hogsett the mayor of, of indianapolis and they took us in as a family meaning our people uh as is as, as, as really real members of the of the Indiana community and also Indianapolis. And I think that that was a great ground to sit on when we came in. But then I decided, what can we do for, for better fan experience? We knew about the racing, the racing had been good. We could talk about the series later, but so we really looked at this probably as from the standpoint of November until <clears throat> January 9th. So we were kind of practicing on what we wanted to do and this, related to, uh, from my perspective, to a complete reset of the fan experience. And uh, that was my main focus, because not even knowing what was coming two and a half months later, really, when you think about, you know, the mid-March with COVID, you know, we had to go. And, uh, you know, we set a very, very tough schedule, you know, to go through the entire facility to make it better. And I, just to mention a few, if you want to know a couple of things that we did get done there, we sure. widened uh, Georgetown Road in the back of the grandstands along turn four to turn one. It's now a great avenue to come down. We had 130,000 people through gate nine. And that experience now is amazing. I think there were 235 restrooms. Well, think about putting in 775 hand dryers. We got down to that specific. We painted all the restrooms, new LED lights, you know, fixtures, et cetera, because we wanted you to walk into a first-class facility. With $100 million they did spend, they did a lot on the facility from a stand perspective, but some of the things, the amenities that you and I would talk about in today's modern world, we were behind. Then I talked about what can people see here? And when you looked at the front straightaway and you looked at basically people sitting under that whole grandstand, you really couldn't see other than the pits what came down the straightaway. So we put in 
LED boards on every on every pylon uh, structure from turn four down to turn one. We put an LED screen on, which shows the running order and what's on the TV. And then, of course, put our big screen in in the back of the pagoda, which is over 100 feet long, and that's t turned out to be a great watering hole will be for everybody when we get a full fan base there. I could go on and on and on, but then of course, you know, came to the race, uh, no fans. So at that point, uh, uh, it's a whole other story. It, it is, but what's interesting, uh, and I, I want to back up and talk about the Speedway. You know, we we had the privilege of working with then President Joey Chitwood in planning the centennial era, the initial planning back in 20. 2006, 2007, 8. And I believe you were part of the presentation of that. And I realized, you know, then that we were, you know, we're living history when we work with the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. It's a 111 year old facility that defines American racing to the world and, and racing maybe to the world. It's uh, it, it holds a greater responsibility than just holding races. It's, it's uh, the, the holiest of ground, if you will, in the racing world. And when you look at this facility, uh, as a place, as a, as a destination, I do have to ask you, is there any other uh, opportunity you see? You always see opportunity of things beyond it just being a place where races are held. Well, I think when you look at the thousand acres that we have, plus what we have across the street, you know, the, the entire area there, which is IRL, or excuse me, the IndyCar is using, you know, for their office and IMSP. You know, we first wanted to get the main racing facility up to a level that you and I would call first class. Right. We're focusing on the golf course right now. We think there's a tremendous amount of interest uh, with that. And then you look at the development and we talk about what we want to run there. What I've tried to tell our people is look, let's make this a special place. If you get your car on the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, it's special. And we've got some great groups, manufacturers now that want to come in, use it for uh, driver training, you know, for customer entertainment, uh, uh, showing off new vehicles. And we think those are going to be the things which are off racing schedule, but we'll utilize the racetrack that will make a big difference from us from a business perspective. And we will build fan base that way also gives us revenue. But again, as you see this next year, the major racing is going to be on the road course. We're going to save the Indianapolis 500 will be the only event which will be on the oval because I think there's some history there that we want to continue to try to hold for the future. Well, thank you, uh, Roger, for answering that. I, and I personally believe that, you know, just from a positioning and strategic uh, view, that's the right thing to do. I, I, I've never completely reconcile uh, having two races on the oval or multiple races on that oval. It, it, that the Indianapolis 500 is so special. It certainly is to our audience at Racer. Uh, it's the number one driver of traffic. Uh, uh, and IndyCar Racing is the fastest growing segment of traffic growth on, on Racer.com. It's, it's been explosive this year. And which brings me to the IndyCar series. You know, the series had terrific momentum. Uh, I, 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 I think our team is, you know, before you acquired the series, we were very impressed with what Mark Miles and, and Jay Fry had done with the series and and now collaborating with you we see great potential what is the the vision for the indycar series going forward well number one we've got to get data equity and go back to cities and locations you know where where we've been before so people can plan their vacation you know complain plan their event uh, uh every year and i think that uh, we've looked hard uh, at you know where do we go and with the balance of street courses, permanent road courses, ovals. And I think that's one of the things that we, you know, we were excited about as uh, uh, we brought Nashville in. This is a, a city that's yeah. on a growth pattern. It's, it's a high activity there. And we really said initially, I said, we really need to go to Nashville. And so, but I said, let's bring the people who are interested. They came to Indy, put on a presentation, which really blew me away, really. The people, the commitment, the private sector, so then we went down to Nashville, got with the Titans president. So this is going to be a collaboration with Music City, but also with the Titans. So we have a really solid promoter base there that know how to deal with people. People have fun. Now we bring our product in there and I think we can be a home run. And then of course, as you look at uh, ovals, we need to grow on the ovals. And I think that's uh, one of the reasons this year, if you look at the schedule, we're running 
excuse me, twice uh, at, at Texas prior to the Indy 500. You go back early days, the two of us, you could not race at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway unless you'd run at Trenton and run at Phoenix. Right. We can't have a guy coming in with a big check and want to jump in a car and just go run at Indy. We don't want that. And I said that to the guys at, uh, at the Indy Light Series. I said, we can't have people that never run on an oval come there the night before, the day before the Indy 500 and test around that track at 200 miles an hour. So we need that oval experience. And I think when we look at Laguna Seca, we look at some of the tracks, we get into Canada and, and some of the great promoters that we have, you know, St. Louis, the Savory Green Group, and what we do in Detroit. And then we have kind of what I call a safety net because we can use the speedway and we can run there. The teams are there. So we have that as an opportunity. So the goal this year is 17 races. We will race the Indy 500 on the date that we have, whether it be 25% of fans, 50 or 100. We're hoping it's 100 by that time. This vaccine will make a big difference on what we can do. Big outdoor facility we have, social distancing, what's required. We were ready. And I think at this particular time, we want to run the series. I've never seen the interest from the standpoint of teams and people wanting to be involved now with Honda and Chevrolet you know, committing for a number of period, it's amazing you know, for a number of years that they've given us from the standpoint of where we're going, you know, vis-a-vis -vis the engine side, which you know is important for the, for the, for the series. Yes, and, and I think the third engine manufacturer, the fourth engine manufacturer is, you know, uh, something we'd all like to see. Is there any development or any progress there? Well, I can tell you, I'm talking to multiple manufacturers and, you know, we, we, you don't announce these things until they're done, but there is definite interest. You know, we're talking to Ferrari, we're talking to two other manufacturers at the same time. Hopefully we can bring one or two of these home here over the next 12 months, because we're really talking when you think about it, you know, now you're talking 23, the, the early time we were a little too tight, I think on the timing with COVID and people not being able to do their regular business in order to push early to get that third manufacturer. But based on our negotiations with Chevrolet and Honda, they understand the timing. They're for it. They're trying to support and will support any manufacturer coming in. But I think that's priority one. Long-term deal with Firestone. You know, we've got NTT. We've got a great series sponsor. I mean, they're very active with us. And then you take your other sponsors across the series, and then guess what? Look at the number of teams. Look at the teams that have come in. And, and, and uh, to me, that shows you that the sport is, is reasonable from a cost perspective. The markets we're getting into make sense. You're the guy in the promotion business. When you look at the West Coast, you look at the Midwest, you look at Indy, you look at Florida, and you look at places that we're able to go to. And I think those are things that are going to be important. And we're going to keep a, a U.S. series at this point. Let's call it Canada and the U.S. Maybe we go to Mexico at some point. But I don't see us traveling overseas at this point. We've got enough ground that we can cover with racing here in the U.S. Yes, I, I'm glad to hear that as well. I think uh, we've we've both uh, seen this movie before, and uh, uh, we there's I think there's a real demand for the content. And as we move past the COVID period here into a re-energized uh, economy, uh, um, you know, I, we see great opportunity for motorsport. Uh, it's interesting, and I, I wanted to get your take on this that. Uh, compared to other sports, racing has taken less of a hit in terms, terms of audience loss. And, and what we've seen online with Racer.com is the audience has soared. I mean, it's we had one month that was up 100% over the prior year. And we had the Indianapolis 500 in August. We were concerned that we wouldn't match what was a record in 2019 in the month of May. We beat it by a wide margin uh, in the in August. Uh, which I find astonishing, which tells me this fan base is energized. And when I look at this, you know, one of the big opportunities we see is uh, being more inclusive and in bringing uh, uh, fans in, more diverse ethnic uh, and cultural backgrounds, and certainly the female audience, which is, as you know, drives purchase consideration in the automotive business. Uh, um, what, is, uh, what is happening with your uh, initiative in that area? Well, we're, you know, racing for equality and change is one of the things that we announced. You are well aware of that. I think the 
I was just blown away when I got to the track and found out that uh, this next-gen racer, uh, really go-kart program, had been going for almost 10 years. And Coach yeah. Rod Reed, if you're familiar with it, actually brings diverse African-American young kids in from the, the city around Indianapolis. And put, they put over a thousand young people through this. This has been for 11 years. And, and when people were looking for change and what we could do ourselves, that would be tangible. We got to do tangible. A lot of people talk, there's a lot of money thrown around, but we said, what can we do? So we put our shoulder behind Rod Reed, this, this certainly NXG, this next gen racer, then this race for equality. We're looking at every single piece that we do business with. Can we do, is there a minority partner? Is there a more minority contractor? What can we do from the people on the race teams? And I think what I'd like to do this year is be able to take the top maybe eight or 10 of these young kids that are in next gen, let them be on one of the race teams during the month of May. Let them actually, these are 12, 13 year old kids. They might be wiping wheels, you know, picking up paper, whatever, but we're going to try to engage. And I think that's key. We got other announcements coming out here shortly on things that we want to do in order to take that because I'd like to see an African-American, you know, sit in the, in the, in the field, the Indianapolis 500 over the next few years. Obviously, you know, we'd like to see more women you know, connected at the track. And, and we've had some, you know, with Danica, you've just talked about people over the years, you know, Janet and all the folks that have run there in the past. And I think those are things that, uh, that we have to continue to look at from the standpoint of where we're gonna go on a long-term basis. We gotta be inclusive. We gotta be smart. We gotta do it as one team. And not just, it's not just a one-time hit. It's gotta be something that's long-serving. Well, that's fantastic to hear that. We at Racer uh, believe that uh, the sport is for, for everyone. Uh, we also believe very strongly that the greatest opportunity is in inclusion. And, and this is a sport where women compete directly with men without it. There's no but this is a women's class or a men's class. A, a woman can beat you in a race car. And uh, I think that's such an energizing uh, part of the storyline. So I'm very glad to hear you say that. That's been one of the big drivers and in interest in the Indy 500. And I think we, we uh, share your disappointment that there wasn't a woman in the Indy 500 in, in 2020. Uh, well, we've, we've got to work on that. And you know, one of the things I'll step back here a minute that when I sat down with Coach Reed and we talked about next gen and racing for equality, he said, you know, Roger, a lot of these kids would drive by the speedway thought they weren't allowed in that almost makes you cry to think about that think about that here's these kids in indianapolis because you know had people standing out in yellow jackets you follow me and, and it was just it was earth shattering for me and i said well that's not the case so we've got a building for them we've got the equipment they're going to need we got their new go-karts honda's helping us you know with engines and we want to take that potentially from there to to, to detroit where we can use our area we have at Belle Isle. That'll be a second step. So this just isn't just a, a one stop. So this is real. And, and, and certainly when, when you think about uh, Jimmy McMillan, who is one of our legal staff, is our chief diversity officer, we put him in to take that role on and grow it within the community. And I think there's a, a absolutely a, a commitment for us on a going forward basis. Well, that's terrific. And our team at Racer stands ready to support your team at Penske Entertainment in any way we can to get these messages out because they're central to our reason for being. They're on our agenda as things we believe in as well. Um, I wanted to ask you about uh, um, something I think that's energizing for the entire sport of auto racing, which is uh, uh, your friend and competitor Chip Ganassi uh, is bringing uh, Jimmy Johnson, seven-time uh, uh, NASCAR Cup champion, to IndyCar racing in, in uh, 2020. Um, what do you think about that? I think it's a home run. I mean, I think that uh, I've talked with Jimmy, uh, his interests and thoughts about racing, being a great friend of Rick Mears and following out on the West Coast for, for many years with his dad. And, you know, the ultimate racing champion in any sport I've seen in racing, that uh, quality guy, we couldn't have a better ambassador. And you think his fan base, will be coming over uh, to, uh, you know, to that team and, and certainly uh, to IndyCar and then t teaming up with Kanan, you know, from the Ovals, that's going to be a very solid, solid situation. And, uh, you know, we're excited. And then, of course, we've got 
McLaughlin coming also. Yeah. Uh, obviously not with the reputation that Jimmy has here in the U.S., but the same kind of a reputation in Australia, winning that championship down there the last three years in a row. So, again, new teams, new drivers, new combinations. And we need change, but we also need to keep the costs in line. And that's what Jay Fry, every single day, Mark Miles and Doug, we sit down and we talk about, let's keep these costs, date equity, safety. Let's have racing on the racetrack and not racing to see who can spend the most money. And I think with, with these kind of stars coming in, and our ability to be able to put on these races with the teams we have and sponsors and promoters we have, I think we have the right sauce. Now what we got to do is make a product that people want. And certainly your involvement with Racer and, and helping us uh, in many different ways. And I've been very interested in looking at, at the data that you send out, you know, from your readership and, and the people online that you get. It's interesting. And I think, I think IndyCar is in the right spot. We could jump on, I think, on the train at the right time. Hopefully we brought some you know, sense of urgency and some sense of stable, stability to the sport too. I think you have, Roger. And I think the thing that, you know, we we look at this data, you know, uh, uh, very closely. And what's interesting is that we had a relatively slow growth for racer.com. And we, we have a, obviously you're aware of our partnership with USA Today, where we moved on to their platform, which helped our visibility. But what was really, uh, the moment that things really started to accelerate was when the the car began to evolve into something that's, I think, more appealing and attractive to the audience. People discount the car in the equation. But the, with the new body kits at the beginning, I think of, uh, was it 2018, if I, if I remember correctly, that was when our traffic started to really move. And the embrace even of the aero screen, uh, we were a little worried about that. You know, you don't know how the audience is going to react. They've reacted very positively to the aero screen. And we got to see this past weekend uh, in that, uh, you know, frightening accident in Formula One, the value of having crash structure above the driver and in front of the driver. And IndyCar, I think, is leading the way with safety. And uh, I, I look at what you're doing now uh, with the series and uh, focusing on trying to get back onto ovals. Is there, is there any big challenge you see that IndyCar has in front of it going into 2021, something that you want to, you know, aside from cost, what are the big opportunities going forward into the next year? This I like to refer to it as the restart of a lifetime. Uh, what well, do you I, think? I think number one, uh, we need to be sure the Indianapolis 500 is solid standpoint financially, and also being able to deliver a product, you know, for the guests and, and the fans and the generations that come there. Because you know, without Indy, we really don't have Indy Car. Without Indy Car, we don't have Indy. So, you know, right. this is a this is a real partnership. So I would say the crown jewel has got to be shining, number one. Uh, the, at, at the same time, the deliverance of our media partner, NBC, at this point yes. in the future, where does this take us with all the different opportunities we have? We've got to take, I've taken IMSP, which is our production operation, and I said, look, I want you to be the finest engine inside of, of IndyCar not worrying about Mecham auctions, not worrying about a lot of these other things. So you need to be fast, you need to be reliable. So we want them to be state of the art. So we want to bring a better product to, to the fan base. Now, if we got Indy, we got Indy Carr with the, with the proper teams with Jimmy Johnson and Scott McLaughlin and guys like, you know, Dixon, who's been an outstanding, and I wouldn't even mention our guys, but again, having Elio come back and run, and you'll probably have some of these other people come back. You're starting to see this, so we need the proper show, I think the, the, when you think about qualifying these last races, you know, one through 22 within nine tenths of a second. I mean, it, you just blink. I mean, Newgarden said, I blink and I'm fifth or sixth rather than being first. And this is the competition. Now, on top of that, we've got to have date equity. We've got to go to places that want to invest. And we need to lead that being able to show them and help them because any assets that we have sitting on the ground from the time we run Indian not are available to our track promoters. We want them to know that. We've got a great marketing team, you know, there that they put together at IndyCar. Uh, and I think that's going to be a big help for us because what we're trying to do is take and have one organization, Paul, that we're working on marketing for the sport because both sides, whether it's IndyCar or 
it's Indianapolis Motor Speedway, we're together. So we need to be sure it's a broad base and it's focused. So I think the marketing challenge is there. I think we've got good people on it. Yeah, you uh, we've made some changes. And I think when you look at facilities, we've done that, but the teams are there. Then you talk about costs. We're not gonna drive the costs out of sight here. We're not gonna do it. And I think NASCAR's taking a big step as they go forward 23, 24 and beyond. We're already there. So we need to fine tune, but the one thing is supposed to be paramount and that's safety. So every time we have a conversation, we wanna talk about what's this doing for safety. That's why we gotta run people on ovals before they come to the Indy 500. You just can't have a big checkbook and come. And we're gonna continue that as part of our passion as we go forward. Well, that's very commendable. And uh, you know, you're, the actions of IndyCar speak louder than anything. And I, I again, commend everyone in the team uh, who developed uh, the aero screen and who have evolved the car to what it is now. I also have to say that uh, I was privileged last December to see a preview of what the ad campaign was going to be this year for IndyCar that SJ Ludke and her team had produced. And it was very, very good. Uh, it's a shame on my mind that the world didn't get to see this because of the, in full bloom because of the pandemic. Uh, but you have a great story to tell that's, that's as authentic as any story in racing. And, you know, you've written a lot of that history with your teams. And I want to talk about that for a little bit because you've, you personally changed the face of IndyCar racing. And I was witness to it as a young, a young person coming into the sport. There's a pre-Penske era, and then there's a post-Penske era, and how people went racing. Um, you know, you've uh, you were competitive to the last race in every championship your teams were in this year. Uh, you won uh, three of those championships and came really close to winning the other two. You won the uh, Virgin uh, Supercar Championships with Scott. With Scott. Uh, um, you, uh, Austin Sindrick, won the uh, uh, Infinity Championship in NASCAR, and of course. Uh, uh, you have a championship now in, in IMSA for the second year in a row. Uh, what is the secret uh, of, of having that level of performance in those diverse racing categories? It's, it's, it's pretty simple. It's about the people. You know, it's about the commitment. Uh, we have very low turnover in the organization. We bring people in and they work themselves up through the organization. And I think the leadership uh, from Tim Sindrick, uh, you know, obviously, uh, you know, Kyle Moore and Ron Rzitzky and what we have over with Mike Nelson uh, and certainly Travis Geisler on the uh, uh, on the uh, uh, NASCAR side. You know, Jonathan Duguid and that whole group, uh, John Booslong, just the whole group of them in IMSA. Then down in, in, in uh, Australia, you know, what a team we had down there that we had great leadership. But it's about the consistency. And we're one organization and nobody is too big that can't do the lowest thing necessary on the track. And the other thing that's been positive for us, we've delivered for our sponsors. To think about this year, I think we won 39 races and around 40 or 50 poles uh, for the year. And that means something to our sponsors because it's not all the sticker on the race car. It's the quality of the drivers and what do they do off the track? How do they, how do they represent a brand? And we need to think about that every single day. That's why we've invested in tracks you know, in sponsorships in these different series. And I think you see that, you know, Chip's doing that. A lot of other people have. Hendricks has done that well. Gibbs does that. All of us are kind of, there's a lot of space out there. And we're all kind of finding our own niche. And I've been able to take the racing world, as you've taken your interest in it, and you build a business. So the leverage that we can have with our customers, knowing that we're competitors, we're transparent, you know, we got high integrity and we want to win. That's been, been, I think, the secret. But it's all down to that group of people that puts their, their head on. Think about working separate shifts in NASCAR and having a season. We've had two in the, two cars in the in the final four and, and yes. right down to the wire in, in the other series. But, look, great season. You know what? We all started all square again, you know, coming up in the new year. So I'm going to count on the same people. And the good news is... A lot of interest with our sponsors too, even with COVID, a lot of interest. That's why we've got to have this large this schedule of, of 14 to 17 races, 17 this year, and we're going to have them. And we went a long way at IndyCar to support that financially because we needed the teams to be viable. They felt that 12 to 14 races, that's why we ran these double headers, 
We've also learned how to take cost out. Jay Fry and, and the team uh, there, uh, Bill Pappas and Tino and that whole group, uh, Derek on the engine side, they've really done a good job. And uh, Kyle, Kyle, certainly Novak is the, is, is the leader there from the, you know, as the chief steward, I guess you call him, with a red hat on sitting up there with the guy. Done a great job. Very little, very little issues. Uh, the races went well. And the safety, and, and I say to you, and I say to Jay Fry and that whole team, you know, that, that aero screen made a huge difference. I mean, it's just, it's night and day. The cars look terrific. It almost looked like fighter planes, you know, on, on, the, on the racetrack is what we want. They sure do. And I think it's interesting to see the, uh, this past year, uh, the year before, we've seen an influx of military-related sponsors around the Indy 500, which is so appropriate. Uh, you know, I grew up in a military family, and uh, I'm deeply moved every year when uh, taps are played because uh, it, it's real and it means something to me. And, and uh, it also reinforces what an American event this is. And, and we're inclusive as a country, but uh, there's a spirit about uh, IndyCar racing that touches to the military and touches to uh, our history as a nation. I, I often like to refer to it as a core sample of the 20th century or the machine age of, of, of humanity. And when you look at the Indianapolis 500 and you look at IndyCar, the series, and you look at IMS Productions, uh, do you see an opportunity to take the energy of that and further infuse that into Penske Corp and to your other businesses and vice versa. Take all the learnings and energy of your already well-spooled up businesses and bring learnings into the, uh, the sphere of the racing businesses that you've just acquired. Well, let's just step back. Uh, you know, racing has been a common thread, you know, through our businesses for what, 50 years. Yeah. Think about it. Uh, uh, my first, you know, I went to Indy with uh, Mark Donahue, and I was a Chevy dealer in Philadelphia. Happened to sell a Corvette to a Mark, head of marketing at Sonoil Company. First sponsorship, 250 bucks. So it's <laughs> come a long way. That. that was, you know, back in, in, in the late 60s. But it's been a common thread, and it continues to be because we get, uh, attracts a lot of interest. People want to work for the company. You know, not just because we're in racing or want to be a driver, but we've, we've used that to grow our brand. And you think about today with 321,000 trucks in the U.S. we're running, you know, think about that brand has been built, you know, through the racing and the consistency. And I think we continue. And everything we do, we look at how can we lever, you know, our results and our performance on the racetrack. But also you tell our people we don't wait. In racing, you can't wait till the next day to fix something. When we think about our customer and that customer experience, it's got to be now, not yeah. later. Yeah, that's great to hear that, and I agree. We have a saying at Racer, the customer owns us. Uh, you know, what we do, we do for them. Um, we never forget it, and I, I, I know that's how your business is run. Um, and, you know, I think that we have a lot of people watching us today that are in the racing business. I know your passion runs deep for... Uh, for racing, people in racing, uh, many of them are your friends and, and uh, you're uh, a shining example of what can be done out of a racing uh, mindset and a racing background. Uh, I wanted to talk for a little bit, if you, if you don't mind, about uh, any advice you have for the whole community of racing as we get ready. We're on, the, you know, I think the, the first pace lap uh, uh, before we go green in the restart of a lifetime here into 2021. What can you share? What are your thoughts for the, the businesses and, and people watching today? Well, I, I think that it's, it, I can't predict 2021, either can you, but we can plan. I think you're going to have to have different plans. We've got to plan 25, 50, 75, 100% fans at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. How can we continue to support our teams? Something that we have to do is in the position we're in. But as an entrepreneur or as as a individual, you know, racing is deep. Uh, there's a lot of emotion, and I think what you've got to be sure is you take care of your people, the ones that are working for you on your race team, and also take care of this fan. I think you know, with your reach with Racer.com and other organizations, has been key because we look at the Indy 500 and look at how much we were down. On, on, our, on, our, on the race date, having it in August versus the Kentucky Derby, the, the Masters, and even these other big series, we were in good shape. 
It's because we stayed connected, whether it was e-racing. We've got to be able to pivot, and we're not sure how we've got to pivot for next year, but we're going to plan for that, and I think those are the things. I would plan a number of different scenarios. We just can't overnight react, because if you run your business by anticipation, what are we going to do five laps from now? What are we going to do with our fuel economy? We want two tires. We want four tires. It's pretty simple in racing, business, but that's the same way I think about in our business today as we run them. So I think it's about planning. I think it's about being sure you got your arms around your people as we go forward. I'm not sure what to, what to predict, but I can certainly plan. Well, that's a great, great insight, Roger. I think we, we had dinner a few years back, uh, sat with each other at the SCCA National Convention uh, and uh, we're both uh, longtime SCCA members and uh, love the club. And, and you were being honored, uh, being bought into the Hall of Fame at that time. And I asked you, what keeps you motivated about this still? And, and I think your answer was, it's so dynamic. It, it's, it, it, it's something you can carry into the rest of your life when you were sit, sitting on top of the pit box calling a race. You're not doing that anymore. You're calling the ultimate race, which is the, the entire operation. Uh, um, uh, I, I have to ask you, you know, what is the greatest opportunity you see out of this chaotic year? You know, you always see opportunity. What is the greatest opportunity? What is the most important thing you and your team have learned out of the pandemic and out of the disruption to business? Well, I think we've learned how to run leaner from the standpoint, uh, I think as we look at the series and just for, for the moment, we need all these practice days. We need all these test days. I think from a cost perspective, you're seeing that in other sports. Uh, there's no question uh, that the e-racing has been uh, has been interesting. Uh, I'm not sure it's going to take over from what we're doing. Hope not. Uh, but overall, uh, what what's what's coming in my mind, and we think about the future, is how we can attract this younger fan base. And I think demographics are important, this race for equality. And those are the things that we have to take very seriously as we go forward. And we just can't talk about them. We have to do things. And I think one of the things that, uh, you know, from my perspective, when I look at what are we going to do and what, what are my goals this year, is to try to deliver a consistent product. But that's going to have to be dynamic, isn't it? Yeah. it can't be, you're not going to write it down. It's going to happen. So we're going to have to be able to pivot and be dynamic in these different areas. But I think the cleaner and the better that we can connect with a customer, meaning this fan base, and this customer we don't have is gonna be important. And what are the different modes of media that we're now gonna be interested in? And, and what, where's our fan going? How does he wanna connect? Does he wanna do it all through racer.com? Does he wanna through NBC Gold? Or what does he wanna do? And we're gonna to have to figure that out. And SJ has done a great job you know, for us in the marketing side, and, you know, as we look at the marketing, even at the IndyCar side, trying to bring these together. So uh, for me, uh, as I look at, uh, you know, my challenge, and, you know, interesting, you said not sitting on the pit box, pretty, pretty difficult for me to go to an IndyCar race now and kind of walk around and, and, and have to realize I'm in a neutral zone here, uh, and, and it's tough. And I guess that's one of the things I got to figure out you know, in, in, in 21, because I want to be active. And I kind of feel when I pull in the track, you know, I'm, I'm kind of disarmed. And what I can do is just support our people if we have any issues. So I've got to learn myself how to be, how I can bring more to the party, hopefully, to make it better. Maybe that's working, you know, with the promoters, you know, working with the strategy people like yourselves as we go forward. Well, it, uh, that's that, that's an interesting segue here because I think you know you've talked about a couple of things that I, I want to use in our closing moments here today. Um, you talked about esports a little bit, and I'll share back some. You know, we saw a huge spike in in. I was stunned that people were watching these events as if they were live IndyCar events, and live IMSA events, and live SRO America events, and live Trans Am events on our website, uh, and the traffic was terrific. We saw a at that moment, we saw a change in the composition of the age group for, for racer.com. That's when we started to grow uh, over 100% in 18 to 24. Um, that can be on in the off-season for every racing championship in the world, and that can be on 365 days, 24-7, if you want it to be. Um, we also see the audience 
doesn't go away between races and between seasons. They're engaged anyhow. You know, the mentality in the past has been, let's have the race weekend, get them all to show up. I see that IndyCar is moving this direction now. They're realizing you're on 24-7, 365. You're a content company. You own a production company. Uh, is there a plan to produce content, perhaps like the Netflix series that was done for Formula One? Is there a plan to formally introduce uh, um, a more structured off-season IndyCar championship uh, in esports? Well, let me say this in Netflix. Uh, you know, we've looked at that Formula One the terrific, amazing. I mean, just quality, quality. And they, can we do something like that? Uh, you know, we're talking about can we have a, a show, you know, on a weekly basis, you know, that keeps us connected week to week that's relevant, you know, to our fans. You've seen it in other sports, whether it's football or baseball or even NASCAR. We need to look. Those are things we can do with a production company. And I think you can oversaturate too. And look, some of the drivers are not interested in esports follow me some of them you know, are not interested and i think we got to be careful we're not mandating in order to be able to be here you got to be being being do esports or vice versa but that fan which is great with your numbers if we can bring that fan when racing is real meaning it's it's real time and we can we can convert that fan to a to a, a race fan that comes to the track or watches it on tv we've made a big step but this will get this new generation of young people or interested people that want to do other things. COVID, quite honestly, because people have been at home, has opened up some of these doors where this people's, what can I look at that's different? Now, what's going to happen? You know, and I didn't mention the other question you asked me. The biggest thing we can do is get a vaccine, you follow me, that's going to open up everything, not just auto racing, but bring society back to, to normal. That's going to be key. But I think that as you look at... Uh, it, what we can do with esports, you know, we've been involved in it. Our team has. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna look at it. Uh, there's no question. Uh, you know, the Netflix situation. I think uh, uh, potentially having a weekly show that we that we could have that would give us <clears throat> that connection. You know, week to week, day to day. You know, with our series could be powerful. And we're not sure at this point whether we're gonna do that because, quite honestly, till we get through the first. January, February, what's the lockdown going to be? Yeah. If you that answer, again, that's why you can't predict. And so we're going to have to be, you know, very dynamic. And that's going to be things that we can be dynamic with. And if we can fill in with some of these other products, I think it'll be terrific and only make the sport stronger. Well, that's, I agree with you. And I think that we're all, we're all, uh, I think seeing light at the end of the tunnel with the very promising announcements about the vaccines that are being developed by multiple companies. And, uh, you know, it just, uh, it's reassuring that, uh, you know, uh, uh, that, that we have these uh, people that are that dedicated. They're in a race like racing, racing people are. They're trying to get something done as fast as and effectively as they can. And then the implementation of this and bringing people back to live sporting events is something I know you've already run dry runs and rehearsals on. You were ready to do it. Um, and when you, you operate the largest stadium in the world, is there any advice you could give to the promoters anywhere in, in, in racing that have similar challenges to you? What's the number one thing you'd like them to think about as we welcome our our fans and our participants back to the sport as we exit the pandemic? I think it's all about fan experience. You know, people expect more communication while they're at the track, making them feel more they're part of the racing. We've got to get them closer, you know, to the action. And I think that's one of the things that we're trying to do. And, and IndyCar, quite honestly, has been open as a kid, even in sports cars, as we started with SCCA, you know, you were there, you could see the guy. I, I remember Briggs Cunningham. I stood by his pits for, I don't know how long, and I finally got a job polishing wheels. I mean, that's how close we got to bring this sport to people because once you have, once you have that club in your hand, you want to continue to play. And I think that's what we have to do and not make it too expensive. And it's just not all about the sweet holders. It's about that grassroots racer that person might want to become engaged on a short time or a long period so i think it's the man the, the fan amenities 
it's the communication where at the track it's remember think about the radios the extra screens we put up so they could see what's going on yeah, i want to know what's going on in turn four i don't want to wait till they come by and turn one those are things that we're going to have to invest our money in in better production and that's why i talk about imsb more cameras you know tighter closest to the to the to the fans of self with the cars, talking with the drivers, more interplay with the drivers when they're on the racetrack under the yellow. We can do a lot of that that we're not doing today. Some of the slow motion things that we see in supercars, you've seen some of that yeah, stuff, but, but there's some dynamic stuff that we've got to learn how to do in IndyCar to make our sport better. Uh, but I, I know you're a competitive person like none other, and, and you'll do those things. I, I this is We're getting to the close here, and I want to uh, ask uh, one last question. You know, the first day in the first moment, you know, uh, and I can relate to this because my father introduced me to racing and to the Indy 500. He loved it. And uh, what was, you know, when you think about the younger you walking into that speedway, that first day, that first time you laid eyes on it, and the life, the moment in your life you're living now, uh, what would you tell the younger you? Uh, about the dreams you held that day. You know, what would you tell that person that dreams of going to Indy and dreams of racing there or dreams of running a team there or dreams of working in the sport? Well, I think that, uh, you know, it's amazing. We all follow our parents, don't we? I mean, I wouldn't have maybe been interested in racing if my dad didn't take me to the 500 back in 1951. So, you know, you want to be a gymnast, you want to be a swimmer. You ought to be a ball player in your, and I, I see these, my, my daughter taking her kids to play hockey. You know, I think it's this family. This all becomes, is a family affair. I need a sponsor. I get down to the guy has a gas station, get 50 bucks in order to go racing. This is a grassroots, you know, starting now in go-karts, these kids at Lewis Hamilton, seven or eight championships. Uh, and, and McLaren looked at him when he was, you know, obviously, uh, you know, back as a, uh, you know, as a kid on go-karts. I, I think it's connecting at a young age and deciding is it what you want. Look at Cindric's kid. He hung around racing with his dad yeah. and his mom picked him up really well. Tim was building our race team. His mom really took him and, and, and his brother helped and they went to the tracks and it, it was a family affair. And I think a lot of racers, you go back, I don't think there's any racer today that somewhere along the line it wasn't a family affair. And I think you need to be close and you got to want to do it, but you got to be committed. And there's no, you can't buy the top. You earn the top like Jimmy Johnson has and many of these great stars. So I think it's a passion inside here. I think it's a family affair. And then it's, can you get people around you that have confidence in you, but you got to deliver and you got to be a hard worker. There's no easy way in racing. No, there isn't. And I, I remember being very inspired. I was a young guy walked in a garage area with a fake pit pass uh, watching you uh, uh, sweep the floor while your team worked. Uh, and I watched Mark Donahue uh, with you. Uh, I think you were polishing wheels. You were helping your team. Uh, and there was not an idle moment. Um, and I, it was a great lesson to me in a young life that teamwork and teammates matter. Uh, you've got some great teammates at Penske Entertainment. And I, I've got to say, uh, it was some of the best news I, I, I've been privileged to share on our platforms that you acquired this business to take it forward into the, you know, into its future. And I want to thank you uh, sincerely for all you've done for the sport uh, uh, and the time you've been involved in every level you've been involved. You have set a sterling example for everybody here watching today. And I wish you and your team the best in the year ahead, Roger. Thank you for joining us. Paul, let me say this, that you know, I've been fortunate. As I said, my dad took me to Indy to kind of inject me with racing back in 51. I think I'm still working as hard as I can to be a winner, and that's in all sports. But uh, it's, again, when I think back about the January announcement to Speedway, it's a big game changer for me, a big pivot. And to have Mark Miles and have that team uh, with Doug and John Lewis and Allison and just Cindy, there's just, I could go on and on and on. I mean, everybody, uh, you know, Tony that drives a truck out there in the, in the, in the, in the garage area and, and just, this is a team. These are, these people love the place and that's what you have to do. You got to have, have the passion. And, uh, you know, fortunately, 
I've had that opportunity, but uh, it's been a common thread through our business. And people like you have been bitten by the same bug. And I think we we got to maintain the integrity. We got to stay in our channel too. And I think that's one of the things you'll see our team this year. You know, we're really getting out of a lot of these extra things uh, with the IMSA series going in one direction, moving McLaughlin up. We got to focus, you know, on our race team, and we've got to have a big focus to make IndyCar and also certainly uh, IMS, uh, the leader, continue to be the greatest spectacle in racing. So that's my goal for, that's my plan for uh, 2021. Well, we support that plan from our end, Roger, and we'll do everything we can to to support your team. And I I really am grateful for you spending the time with uh, our audience today. Uh, I know you share your affection for all the people that work in the sport that I have. and uh, I, I, I wish you the best. And, and uh, I know you probably have a busy day ahead of you, too. You, you, I don't think you ever sleep, do you? <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's, it's going to be exciting. But I look forward to this when you, I was invited. I appreciate that. But uh, you know, let's stay together. Let's get this vaccine you know, to everyone. Uh, this whole project, listening to the airlines, are now going to help us execute this. There's a lot of planning that's taken place. And let's, let's not be afraid to, to use it. I'm sure that... Uh, there's been a lot of changes in these. The great thing, you said it earlier, that we have a number of pharmaceutical companies around the world who are going to work together as one team to make it happen. So hopefully that's going to give us all a great break next year. Yes, indeed. And, and thank you. And I think racing is the perfect uh, example. I'm so proud of everyone in racing for bringing the sport forward ahead of almost every other sport because we're used to dealing with mortal risk. We're used to dealing with danger. And all of the team members, all of the sanctioning body people, every professional person that went into the world during this pandemic to participate in these races, uh, I, I salute all of you and your, your team in particular, Roger, at, at, uh, at Penske Entertainment. Thank you. Um, and I, I, I can't uh, uh, emphasize enough what it meant to everyone uh, on our team that you opened this week. I, I think it sets a great tone and example for what follows. Well. Have a great week and uh, successful, and we'll see you at the track. Okay, thank you very much, Roger. Thank you very much, uh, Mr. Pinsky. What a, what a great honor to, to have you uh, join us today. Registering on ePARTRADE is easy. Fill out your name, email, phone number, and create a secure password. Next, select your business type. Choose supplier if you're looking to display products or services and connect with buyers. Choose racing business if you're looking to find new parts and connect with suppliers. Choose race team if you own or are a member of a professional racing team. Begin typing your company name. We most likely already have your company in our database, which you can select from the drop-down. Then, enter your job title. Choose Claim Company if you'll be editing your company profile. Other members of your company can choose Join Company if they'd like to use ePARTRADE as well. You can view and agree to our terms of use here. If you'd like to receive our weekly newsletter, choose Accept. Click Register Now and your registration will be submitted for approval. You'll need to confirm your email once it goes through. To keep our platform industry only, you'll be approved shortly after. If we require additional proof of business, we'll reach out. Welcome to ePARTRADE.